At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. For Monday, February 7th, 2022, it's The Brief from WABE. I'm Emil Moffitt. Daily COVID numbers in Georgia continue to go down, and so too do hospitalizations. In metro Atlanta, Fulton and Cobb County are showing big improvements in case numbers over the past two weeks. DeKalb and Gwinnett are not seeing the decreases, but are doing better than before. Clayton is the only metro county with a case rate still above 1,000 per 100,000 residents over the past two weeks. Meantime, the percentage of black Georgians getting the COVID-19 vaccine is continuing to increase. The latest numbers show 52.7% of black residents have at least one vaccine shot. White Georgians are at 53% and Hispanics are at 55%. Immigrants seeking asylum in Georgia courts have a higher success rate under the Biden administration than they did under former President Donald Trump. But as Emily Wu Pearson reports, fewer cases overall are being heard by the courts. Since the Biden administration took office, the national rate of immigrants getting asylum has gone up. That's according to the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, or TRAC, a nonpartisan research center. Georgia has followed the national trend. Austin Coker is with TRAC. The Biden administration, Attorney General Merrick Garland specifically, has overturned a few of the precedent-setting cases that the previous uh, Attorney General Barr and Sessions before him that had made it harder to get asylum. Coker says the pandemic canceled or delayed court hearings, which likely accounts for the decrease in cases heard by immigration courts. Emily Wu Pearson, WABE News. Former State Representative Vernon Jones is dropping out of the race for Georgia governor. Jones' campaign trailed in the Republican primary battle between current Governor Brian Kemp and former U.S. Senator David Perdue. Jones, a former Democrat turned supporter of former President Donald Trump, says he will support Perdue over Kemp. Jones also says he's running for Congress, but does not say which district. A state lawmaker is promising a change to Georgia's hands-free law so that you could grab your phone while you're at a red light or a stop sign. WABE's Raul Bally reports on the passionate debate about changing the rules on distracted driving. Republican State Senator Frank Ginn explained his bill to fellow lawmakers and public safety advocates during a recent legislative hearing. I don't want to make criminals out of our Georgia citizens. And what we're doing right now is, is because these people are hiding it, said they're not focused on what's around them. And it's dangerous. And for me, this is a way that I think we can improve our traffic flow and we can still enforce the law. Some speakers in the hearing argued that it could lead to more people looking at their phones while driving. Republican State Senator Randy Robertson is a former sheriff's deputy in Columbus and calls the proposal dangerous. Those of us in public safety, we do have to consider the driving habits of the public, the good ones and the bad ones. So I think what we always have to do when we talk about public safety is err on the side of caution and look at the worst case scenario. Others pointed out that drivers could use voice-driven technology like Siri and Google Assistant. 
Senate Bill 356 does have a challenging path in the legislature because of the opposition from public safety advocates. Raul Bally, WABE News. Both the U.S. House and Senate have passed bills that could bring millions more in funding for technical programs at Georgia colleges and universities. The bills also provide billions in incentives for U.S. companies who help fill a shortage of semiconductor chips. A conference committee now needs to resolve differences before the legislation heads to the desk of President Joe Biden. Georgia U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock is among those who supported the bill in the Senate. We spoke late last week about what the money will mean for Georgians and companies that have set up shop here. I'm very proud of uh, operations in Georgia. I think about the Kia plant, for example, in West Point, Georgia, which produces the most popular SUV in the country. That, that plant literally shut down on a couple of different occasions for a couple of days for want of semiconductors, microchips. And there was a time when the United States of America was the leading producer of microchips has changed. And uh, this bill is about creating a competitive edge for the United States of America. Companies who move to Georgia often cite the workforce here and the university training that many students receive. What has to be done to make sure that these Georgia universities and institutions uh, remain competitive? We got to be thinking about the workforce of the future. There really will be no shortage of jobs. We've got to make sure that our human capital is ready for the opportunity. And that's why I'm glad that I've got provisions in this bill uh, that will invest in schools all across the state of Georgia, uh, you know, all the way from Georgia Tech to the schools in the southern and other parts of the state. Also our HBCUs, our HBCUs, our historically black colleges and universities have been punching way above their weight literally for decades. And you mentioned the HBCUs. When you talk to uh, the administrators and, and the staffs at those HBCUs, what are they telling you as far as what they need? Well, as I said, HBCUs have been punching way above their weight for as long as anybody could know, as long as they've been in existence. And um, when you think about uh, what these schools have been able to do, it's remarkable. But in the 21st century, you know, uh, you've got to have resources in order to compete. With all of the amazing uh, historically black colleges and universities that we have, uh, and you think about their disproportionate uh, contribution to uh, black professionals, it's amazing, it's, it's really unfortunate that we don't have a single uh, R1 research university among the HBCUs. As a member of the Commerce Committee, I'd like to see that change. I'd like to see them get their fair share of the kinds of investments that other universities uh, enjoy so that they can have the capacity to perform even better. And we see companies like Kia and SK Innovation and now Rivian investing in rural parts of Georgia how can investments in technology and in the future help rural parts of the state as well as uh, people living in the big cities? Look, the, the power of America and the power of Georgia is in our rural communities. I'm very clear about that, which is why I've been fighting so hard, for example, to get rural broadband 
broadband is in the 21st century what electricity was in the 20th century. You can't even farm efficiently without a good broadband connection. And so in the bipartisan infrastructure bill that we passed uh, and in other legislation, I'm trying to make sure that we shore up uh, these rural communities, uh, that we invest in the technical colleges and other colleges that are in those areas of our state. And uh, that's because we need all of our workers. We need uh, all of our young people in order to prepare for the future. Look, we're, we're in a competitive global environment. China clearly has major ambitions and uh, this has geopolitical implications. I certainly want to see uh, America with our values of inclusion, of self-government, of democracy. I want to see that win the day. And um, I think that technology is an important part of that work. Okay, Senator Warnock, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much. Former Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms is joining CNN as a political commentator. Bottoms announced the move on Twitter, saying she is thrilled to join the news channel 30 years after she applied to be a video journalist there and didn't get it. Bottoms served only one term as Atlanta mayor, opting not to run for re-election last year. A captain in the Georgia Army National Guard is going to the Super Bowl as part of a partnership among six NFL players and veterans associations. Daryl Griffin spent 27 years in the military, including 14 years on active duty. He served in Afghanistan and is currently a full-time medical operations officer. That's it for The Brief. You can find more local news at our website, wabe.org. Lily Oppenheimer produced the program. Alex Helmick is our managing editor. In for Jim Burris, I'm Emil Moffitt. Amplifying Atlanta, this is 90.1 WABE. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at WABE.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. WABE. Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E.